After each town council meeting, the staff sits down and records a quick recap, highlighting the public meeting. The complete meeting can be found on the town of Avon, Indiana's YouTube page, but this podcast is designed to give you a simple overview to help keep you informed about what is happening. The Avon, Indiana Town Council meets twice a month at Avon Town Hall. A full schedule of their public meetings can be found online at avonindiana.gov. We'll call to order the Avon Town Council meeting for October 5th, 2023. Please join me, rise and join me for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty, justice for all. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Julie, would you mind taking a roll call, please? Don Loudon. Present. Greg Susan. Robert Pope. Present. Tim Roberts. Present. Steve Eisenbarth. Present. Uh, first item is our consent agenda, which includes a check register for today, um, our September 7th work session meeting, meeting minutes, um, and our um, uh, council meeting from September 7th meeting minutes, uh, as well as our Avon Landings uh, Industrial Phase 1 bond release. Any questions, or would anyone like to make a motion? I'll make a motion that we accept as presented. I'll, I'll say. Oh, you got it, Don. Uh, we have a first and a second. Julie, would you take a roll call vote, please? Don Loudon? Four. Robert Pope? Four. Steve Eisenbarth? Four. Tim Roberts? Four. <clears throat> uh, this is the first uh, of two public comment opportunities. Um, please come forward to the microphone, state your name and address, and please limit your time to three minutes. Seeing no one come forward, we'll close that section of public comment, move on to council comment and liaison reports. Ms. Loudon. Hmm. Trying to remember what I've done, but um, I can't think right off the top of my head, but uh, it's about time for um, the election and early voting to open up. And I just uh, uh, urge everyone to get out and, and uh, vote and uh, you know do your civic duty. Mr. Roberts. Uh, I have nothing to report from last week. Right. Mr. Eisenberg, move right along. Uh, I'll just mention the, the last talks away day will be uh, October 21st, and it's going to be uh, uh, from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Plainfield Middle School. Great opportunity for the public just to um, uh, discard of things and keep everything green in the, the area. So other than that, um, uh, I think that's all I have. Um, myself, uh, the, the only thing I had, uh, this morning um, I attended, I, I think it was the Chambers of Hendricks County put it on a, health, a policy series uh, uh, about healthcare. Um, kind of interesting, lot, very, very data oriented. Um, raised some questions for me that Ryan, I'm gonna bring back to talk about our healthcare coverage for our employees. Uh, obviously the intentions of, of getting the best quality for uh, the, the lowest price, but uh, just some rather interesting uh, information. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, moving on, uh, new business award quote for yeah. drone. Oh yeah, my if, goodness, if I'm sorry. They're not department updates, Forgive me. Department updates. Who's who's jumping up first? Don't everybody. Thanks, thanks, Ryan. I'm surprised Steve didn't jump up here. 
Shelby Pride, Parks Director, uh, Sports Department update, my first one, yay. Um, basketball registrations are open. Our early bird registration ended on Sunday. Um, we'll have registrations open for about another month. We're currently having a record year with basketball registrations, so we're really excited about that. We also hired George Mallett as our, our sports coordinator. Um, we're really happy to have him on board. He has served as the baseball commissioner for two years, so um, we, we hired him full-time and have welcomed him this week. On the events side of things, we had Salsa Under the Stars two weeks ago on a Friday evening right here on the back patio, and it was a perfect night, a perfect setting. Um, we had some really, really good feedback from that, people asking us to continue that event, so good job to my park staff for doing that. Our Harvest Moon Festival is this Saturday from 4 to 8 p.m. Um, here at Town Hall Park. Um, we will have a pumpkin patch, hay rides. We actually have the only um, handicap accessible hay ride in Hendricks County. Um, so uh, come out, enjoy that. We'll have a concert, a fire breather. Uh, so it'll be a really good time. Uh, we are also planning a Veterans Day celebration on Saturday, November 11th. It will be from 4 to 6 p.m. again here at Town Hall Park. At 6 p.m. will be um, Hendricks County's first drone show. So come out um, and enjoy that with us and help us celebrate our veterans. Uh, another event in December, we'll wrap up um, the year with our annual Christmas tree lighting. It will be Saturday, December 2nd from 4 to 6 p.m. with our Christmas tree lighting at 6 p.m. Um, kind of in front of the police department. We will have Santa and his reindeer here. Um, and then the Park and Recreation Beautification Committee, PRBC, will meet on November 1st from 6.30 until we conclude our agenda. Any questions? Thanks, Shelby. Thank you. Steve Moore, Public Works Director. Uh, biggest thing going on right now is we're finishing up our CCMG paving project. Most of the paving's been completed. We do have uh, 100 South by Oxford to be done yet in the Oxford Boulevard section. We have the speed table to go in uh, at the 625 and maybe in a speed hump uh, in um, uh, Beechwood. So we're getting close. Uh, striping's going down on some of the areas. You'll notice that Raceway has some arrows and onlys. So we're making progress as the weather permits. So that's going pretty good. Uh, People have noticed there's a little bump on Avon Avenue uh, as you're heading uh, southbound near the end of the new um, asphalt by the uh, library. Uh, a uh, uh, dump truck bumped into our paver during paving and uh, pushed stuff back. And so they're gonna have to grind that out and re relay that. So it's, it's not the way we wanted it, but um, you'll have to re relay that. Um, we also have uh, the Hunter South project, still doing punch list items on that. Uh, we did uh, tie into that with our uh, Ronald Reagan drainage project, uh, which is almost done, had about a half day of riprap. And I was out there today in the rain and it's, it, uh, it's flowing really good. So the Ronald Reagan on the west side of Ronald Reagan from Hunter South going south to the next structure, uh, about, I don't know, 1600 lineal feet. Um, straining well for the first time since I've been here, so I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, the uh, Dan Jones Road uh, project is going well. They are working on the west side of Dan Jones, uh, uh, 
getting that prepped and, and uh, uh, doing some drainage work, uh, getting started on that. They're finishing up. They did the sod and, and all the uh, um, uh, curb and, and all the incidentals on the east side already. So this weekend, weather permitting, they don't have this temporary striping down yet. So if it, when it becomes dry enough, uh, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, they'll get striping down, and then the uh, the next day they will switch traffic over. So they will be going uh, driving on the new asphalt without surface. It's not surfaced yet, but it'll be the new asphalt. Um, let's see what else we got. Dan Jones Phase Two. We're working on getting that ready. Um, still, uh, we're going to do some uh, clearing of some trees for the pre-bid. It should bid in November. And uh, construction expected in the spring, and that'll be from 100 South to uh, just south of 150 South, um, and that'll be the uh, the new roundabout there at 150. Um, let's see what else we got. Stormwater utility. Uh, the cobblestone project is basically done. All the pipes in the ground, and they're they've dressed up a lot of stuff. They have some restoration to do, but. That's uh, over at Beechwood, uh, right by the uh, uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts and over to uh, the, the north to the next pond. So that's pretty much wrapped up. Uh, they just punched list to go there. Heavy trash day coming up uh, Saturday, uh, uh, the 14th at Yable Park at our salt barn over by behind Aldi's. Uh, that's from nine to one on the 14th. That's pretty much it. Any questions? Just got one. Oh, <laughs> almost got away. No, 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 it's good. Uh, first would be a compliment on um, uh, the, the roads that have been uh, paved. It's really doing a nice job on that. You know, there's some some nice sections that are taken care of. My question would be more of a, um, you know, I'm always focused on the pacer ratings and all that. The ones, the our roadway systems that have the lower ratings in pacer, is there a, maybe a way we can in the future say what percent we've addressed or or what percent we have uh, of these lower rated ones that are uh, been taken care of? I, I think it'd be very encouraging. So this is the year we update our uh, um, asset management plan, our five-year plan. And so then we'll re-rate re everything this year and then we'll know what we have and then we'll be able to compare it to what we've done in the past. And, and so we'll be able to tell the difference of, hey, we were an average of uh, you know a 6.5, now we're an average of 6.9 or something like that. We have this many that are, that are you know, Hopefully, we don't have any ones or twos or threes, but uh, you know, so many fours, a small percentage of fours, more fives, uh, uh, a lot of sixes, uh, even more sevens than eights, nines, and tens. You know, that, that, that's good. When when that be it spring or summer when that comes out, it'd be great that you present it to the council uh, at the time, just so that they can see that because it's it's a tough job you're doing there, but it, that is a great system to show that you know you're making progress and you're saving the town money oh yeah and our gis guy will have maps so you can actually see the you know, differences mm -hmm. so good thanks thanks steve evening council jared wade communications director just a few updates for you first up we are still in the process of the street name submissions we've got about two weeks left in that process from the community so far we've We've gained 168 different individual submitters with a total of three submissions for each person, which brings about 504 different street names that have been submitted. Not all of them are fantastic. 
they are all honest. Uh, but uh, once we have closed out that submission process, Ryan and Bill and myself are going to be going through those <clears throat> hundreds upon hundreds of different names and finding the 15 or so best and then bringing them to you to make sure that you are all okay with those different names. And then we're going to take them back out there to the streets, uh, like the Doobie Brothers say, and let them decide those uh, top order, one, two, three, four, five, all the way to the end. So we're excited that things are moving along. We're excited to get some community involvement as well. Beginning of 2024 will be the new Government Academy class. Uh, this is now going to become a 10-week class versus the eight-week class that we originally had. Uh, reason for that is we're getting some additional entities and some new unique experiences uh, involved. So we're hoping that's going to be a weekly class versus once a month. So it's going to be 10 weeks, uh, bing, bang, boom, from beginning to the end. Again, starting sometime in the beginning of 2024. Don't know the exact dates yet, but we're excited to get that process started once again. Just a reminder, October 31st is trick-or-treating. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Brian Nugent will come up here and talk a little bit about uh, trick-or-treating. Uh, at that evening, during the day, we are going to be having trick-or-treating here at Town Hall. Uh, and that's for any family that maybe not is not able to go to these normal trick-or-treating, maybe have some sensory needs and things of that nature. That's going to be happening October 31st from 10 a.m. until noon. I know some council members are going to be joining us. Staff is going to be here as well. Uh, very, very excited about that. Uh, also, we have started a podcast. So if you go to avonindiana.gov slash podcast, uh, what we're doing is we're taking the audio from all of our publicly streamed meetings and putting it into a podcast format. You might be asking yourself, why are you doing that? Well, there's a lot of folks that drive from Avon to their place of employment, which can be sometimes 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour one way, and, and they listen. It's easier for somebody to listen than to necessarily sit down and watch something for two hours or three hours. So what we're going to do is make it easier for them to know what's going on. We're going to take the audio from these meetings. We're going to move our quick recaps to a podcast format so that way somebody could easily subscribe and just automatically know what's going on and listen to those uh, quick recaps. And we're going to have some other things being added in there as well. But we're excited about this new avenue and another way for the community to be able to listen and know exactly what's happening. Uh, lastly, I'm going to just quickly mention that this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So on our live streams throughout the entire month, you're going to see the pink ribbon up there as well as uh, the pink on the bottom. Uh, that's for breast cancer awareness. On social, uh, we, uh, we have reached out to, well, specifically Angel has reached out to the Avon Police Department, Detective Stobaugh, has been very, very uh, informative and helpful in giving resources for those that might have unfortunate uh, encounters with domestic violence. So we appreciate Detective Stobaugh being willing to work with Angel to produce some content to let the community know, hey, these are places that you can go, these are places that you can call, and we're hoping to kind of have that throughout the entire month to encourage those that might be nervous, it's okay, and here's how you can reach out to them and and how you can get some help. So uh, a lot of different things in the works, uh, but I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. Thank you. So uh, on a lighter note, the, the the names of the streets that may not be the top of the list, could you, using your creative juices, could you do something like a word stack or a crossword puzzle and that present it to us so we can see if we could figure them out and do that? Sure. <laughs> That's what you would like, Steve. I can put that together for you and let you have a field day with it. I look forward to it. That's all. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. I'd like to give a quick shout out to Jared. On top of his full-time job of being our communications director, he was up 
Uber early this morning and attended the Men in Actions breakfast and emceed it as well. So Jared doing a great job for us. I also appreciate that he's doing that and helping support um, other things that are going on in our community. So thanks, Jared. Uh, Sean Stoops, Chief of Police. Um, I don't really have anything for you this evening. It's all in a crossword puzzle. <laughs> so if you have any questions, just let me know. Um, earlier this morning, I went to <laughs> uh, I went to uh, the D a DOG mandatory training this morning in Indianapolis. It was for everyone in the state of Indiana that receives grants. It's mandatory. It's all about risk management and liability um, when it comes to fraud and grants. And just to let you know, um, everything that they talked about, um, our good attorney, uh, Mr. Taylor and his team have trained us in all of that and even more. So um, we are right on spot where we need to be as far as that goes. <clears throat> Three of our new officers, Adam Quilter, Stephen Carrier and Cameron McDaniel have all successfully completed their field training programs and they're now working a shift. Um, with uh, still some, some moderate supervision to make sure that everything's going okay there. Uh, Detective Joseph Davey and Officer Evan Hibsman both received awards at September's Merit Commission meeting. Detective uh, Davey received medals from the American Police Hall of Fame. One was for his life-saving efforts in a case, and another medal was for an outstanding arrest that he had made. Officer Hibsman also received a medal from the American Police Hall of Fame for an, an excellent arrest as well. We, the Avon Police Department still has one police officer vacancy um, and we plan on starting another hiring process very soon. Uh, right now we are waiting for the Police Merit Commission um, as well as their legal team to finalize some, uh, some commission rules that we're looking at changing before we make the advertisement for the next hiring process. So we're hoping that uh, that's going to happen very soon so that we can move on and get that position uh, filled as well. In September, our, our agency received 1,363 calls for service. Uh, some of those highlights, uh, our officers made 421 traffic stops. Um, the uh, 1,363 um, calls for service is just a little bit above our average of 1,352 is, is, our, is our average for this year so far. This puts us on pace for having about six, just over 16,000 calls for service um, by the end of December, and that could go up or down. 259 of those calls for service were directed towards assisting citizens in some way. It could have been a disabled vehicle, it could have been a VIN check, all those services that we provide that um, are positive encounters usually with, with the public. Officers responded to 43 domestic uh, civil disputes this month. Uh, which is a, a little bit below the average. Uh, and just to piggyback on what Jared said, this is Domestic Violence Month. And if you are experiencing anything like that, or if you know someone, please uh, direct them to um, our, our facility or, or have them call. We do have resources. Uh, we have documentation. We have pamphlets. We can also direct them to um, maybe even some legal help if, if they need that as well. Uh, we had 113 vehicle crashes. Uh, for the month of September, that's about right on uh, average. 94 property crimes, 48 crimes against persons, uh, 27 child investigations. Some of those were found to be, many of those were found to be unfounded, but they still have to be looked into 
uh, just to make sure that there's nothing there. And uh, the one that always grabs everybody's attention, 63 alarms. So if you see our police officers running somewhere with their lights and sirens on and you're wondering where are they going? And then all of a sudden they shut their lights off. It could be because they're on their way to an alarm that they were disregarded to, but they still have to respond and treat each, each one of those with uh, a sense of urgency. <clears throat> our uh, entire department completed additional emergency vehicle operation training in September that focused on clearing intersections and responding to emergencies. Um, we found that that has been problematic in the past, so we're trying to come up with new ways to uh, address that as well as implement uh, that same program into the Indiana Law Enforcement Academy's um, training curriculum. Um, and, and that seems to be going very well and being very well received at the academy. So I think it's going to become part of their curriculum. Uh, they also um, received more training on how to safely deploy stop sticks as well. Our high risk warrant team assisted Danville PD in executing a search warrant that helped put an end to a pretty big construction theft ring that cleared multiple ongoing investigations and led to the recovery of nearly three pounds of methamphetamine as well as numerous stolen items. <clears throat> we would also like to thank everyone that participated in last month's uh, blood drive. Uh, thanks, I know I saw Mr. Cope there. Appreciate uh, everyone that donated and helped do that because we are pretty much always in an ongoing blood shortage and the life that you saved could be your own with your, with your own blood. So please keep giving, uh, they really need our help on that. Uh, it's been mentioned, uh, trick-or-treating, October 31st, uh, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. That's just kind of the normal hours. That's what we've always kind of stuck to. Um, it's more of a recommendation. I don't think that there's a law that says you have to do it between those hours, but uh, we would certainly recommend that. <laughs> um, in your packet, you have a lot of other detailed information there that uh, you may have had a chance to look at, and I'll be happy to answer any questions you might have about that information as well as anything we've discussed here this evening. Thank you. Bill's on vacation. Um, Ms. Loker, Clerk Treasurer's Department. Um, Am I putting you on the spot? No, <laughs> you have your uh, final reading of the Ordinance 2023-19, and that is pretty much all I have. Once you finalize that, then I go into uh, doing my part of submitting it to the gateway and hopefully getting our 1782 for our approved budget for the year. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, moving on, now, uh, award quote for drone show, Ms. Pride. Maya? Oh. That's... Yep, yep, forgive me, that is uh, egg on my face. Give me one moment. Tapped the wrong one. Thank you, authorized purchase of tasers. Mr. Nugent. Thanks, sir. <clears throat> Apologize, I got a little bit of a throat issue here. Uh, Brian Nugent, Deputy Chief of Police here with Avon PD. I uh, just had one, uh, one proposal here tonight for you guys to consider. This is a taser platform upgrade. Um, to give some context, everybody listening or watching or here today, 
uh, <clears throat> our department in 2007 uh, made the transition uh, to giving our officers additional options on how to resolve personal conflicts uh, with combative subjects. Um, that endeavor involved uh, a lot of training, some onboarding uh, back in 2007 with a staff at the time that was about 22 officers altogether. Um, as we move forward <clears throat> and the technology continues to evolve, um, we, can found, we found ourselves replacing devices as need be over the years. Um, there were some very minor changes in different models that had come out. Um, we did not really find ourselves seeing the need to abandon the majority of our devices to go to some of these more menial improvements. Um, however, there's a, a new platform out that is a game changer in our opinion. It's referred to as the Taser 10. Uh, to give a little concept um, explanation of that, when an officer typically deploys a Taser, he or she will aim a device that has a laser target that will essentially ensure where one of two probes will, will travel upon its target. Um, the issue with tasers historically has been that it's up to the officer to gauge the physical distance that they are from that target. Uh, and essentially, in a very volatile and fluid situation, these officers are trying to uh, deploy that taser where they have a reasonable expectation that the second probe will also impact that target. That's a very difficult, challenging paradigm to try to get an officer to understand that skill set and to have her, he or she deploy that in the field. Uh, the Taser 10 device is a very, very revolutionary device that we've not seen uh, anytime in, in our experiences with the Taser. Uh, this device has up to 10 probes that can be shot singularly at a single target, which gives the officer more control of how he or she deploys that uh, device and can be more intentional in the, pl in the placement of those probes that are deployed. Mm -hmm. Um, when you couple that revolutionary approach, coupled with the age of our devices that we have now, <clears throat> we explored this op opportunity about four or five months ago, getting additional information, attending some trainings and some seminars. I personally attended one that we had here just last month, um, got to actually see the devices. We fired them off, learned more about the technology. Um, this is a, a big upgrade in the sense of the technology that's embedded within these devices. There's also a tremendous amount of accountability on what these devices can do. Um, most of the tasers have a general platform uh, of this software, but this device has taken it to a whole new level that if an officer were to deploy their taser, we actually can plug that taser into a computer and it will extract all of the data to tell us exactly when the weapon was fired for how long. Uh, it'll give us even some external information about the temperature, the dates and times. Um, that's very important. That's very important in senses of internal accountability for our agency and for our officers. So they've continued to realize that they need to invest upon that threshold of technology. It's also a part of risk management, which we talk about all the time with our legal staff. You know, what are we doing to not only defend ourselves, but to be able to stand um, you know, in harm's way and be able to show the public that these are devices that are being used responsibly. So with all of that said, our consensus with all of our TASER instructors is to ask uh, respectfully for us to move forward with this platform upgrade. And so obviously it talks about a fiscal plan. I've been working very closely with Julie uh, to talk about the public safety lit revenue. And if you recall, the town has been receiving approximately $15,000 per month at the beginning of this year to this point. Uh, at last glance, when we talked about the revenue available in that, <clears throat> excuse me, in that line, it's about $125,000. Since I drafted this memo, we may have even received another $15,000 deposit. So I think we're closer to 140,000 as we stand here today. Uh, this was revenue that was not um, placed into our 2023 operations budget. This is revenue that has basically just been building a fund balance kind of in the background. And so with that being said, you do have a quote from Taser. Uh, it's also referred to as Axon uh, Enterprise. They kind of changed their name because they got into the science of body cameras and some other technologies. So they kind of got away from Taser 
which kind of made them sound more of an exclusive product. So the quote you have there is a five-year plan. And I want to be very clear. This five-year plan and the quote you have is $186,000, sorry, $377.80. But the question is, what do you get with that? Okay. With the budget that we have in front of you tonight for uh, consideration for adoption, uh, you're talking about expanding the police department to 42 officers, 42 full-time officers. Um, this proposal is to purchase 45 devices, so we have extra spares if we have one that gets damaged or gets destroyed or whatever may happen. But that price also includes a five-year warranty plan, what you might call bumper-to-bumper -bumper if we're talking cars, right? Um, this also includes all of the training cartridges for all of our officers for every year and every time that we have to recertify. Um, it also includes the training mechanisms, the number of people that we can send or send to a training and come back and teach all of our officers, not only the ones we have now, but the ones we're going to hire within the next five years. So it's a very, very comprehensive uh, proposal. The request tonight is to request uh, the approval of this uh, contract so we can place the order. We will be looking to fund uh, a one-time payment at the first of each year. And so what we're moving for is to use the fund balance in the Public Safety Lit Fund to make the January payment to this agreement that we're asking you to consider tonight. Uh, that will be done by virtue of encumbering funds through an additional appropriation that I spoke with Ryan and Julie about. Uh, Julie and I will sit down likely sometime the rest of this month and sit down with Calvin and we'll work through that end of year appropriation that we do each and every year to make sure we're capturing our revenue and we're reinvesting it back into um, our department. So with that being said, that first payment will be just over $42,000. And so we're requesting council to approve the agreement tonight, which puts us in a position for a five-year plan and understanding that the January payment will not be made by virtue of the budget that we are presenting tonight for 2024. It will come from a fund balance through encumbered funds from 2023's budget using public safety revenue, which will leave us approximately $100,000 in the budget as we stand here today. I'm sorry, in the fund that as we're talking here today. I'm happy to answer any questions. Want to give you a good context of all those pieces of information. <clears throat> Correct. So there's two payments that have to be made. According to the quote, you'll see there's a January two of 2024 payment of 36077. There's also a February 2024 payment, just over $5,900. So we're going to put both of those payments together and make those in January, February using uh, the encumbered funds. looking at the quote that's that's why i'm not seeing those numbers yeah so the first two numbers that you're seeing under january 2024 is thirty-six thousand. Yep. yes yep, yep. correct i'm really not sure why they parse two payments out january february but they do our, our goal is to not have to come back and ask you a second time yes i don't know if this is a question um so 10 10 10 probes at once like i went went through the citizens police academy and i remember tasers were very difficult to hit two at a time. Um, I, I was trained aim center mass to try to hit a target. And so taking that, you'd have one hit in the shoulder and one might hit in the knee. And that was stationary target from 10 feet away. Yeah. Throwing out 10 probes, I mean, it sounds like it's gonna fix this problem. Um, yeah. That sounds pretty revolutionary. So it, it, allows your, yeah, it allows your officers to be more intentional. So I wanna be clear whenever the taser is deployed, not all 10 probes are gonna come out and you hope that they hit and all of a sudden you have a connection. With every trigger pull, the officer can intentionally place up to 10 cartridges, uh, 10 probes before he or she may have to actually unload and reload. So if you look at it similar to a handgun magazine that has 10 or 15 rounds in it, it's very similar to that. Each round can have its own independent zone that you can intentionally aim for. And the technology within the device will not allow the device to basically utilize any more than four probes that are able to see each other by terms of having a conductive current between the two, okay. which would have an impact on the target. Okay. 
So, Brown, what happens with our uh, existing tasers? Is there some residual value or that we can get or some on the open market? How's it happen? There's not. These are devices that we have to be very mindful of what we do with them. Uh, when we had had a couple devices that we, I'm going to say air quotes here, upgraded, uh, they basically keep that as a pricing point, but they, the company never actually wants those back. And so those are devices that we keep in-house in, in and we just keep them within our inventory. We're not going to do anything like a um, surplus property resolution because it's just not appropriate to send those out on the market somewhere else if they've already passed their operability lifespan. Yeah, the reason I asked that is trying to see if there's a way we can, and on a five-year agreement too, um, is it more like a lease kind of program on this? No, it, we actually own it. We will own the devices, we will own the devices uh, and that five-year plan, this pricing that point that they put together included the annual recertifications that we have to do. Uh, we also believe that that's going to be able to cover the expenses associated with our Citizens Police Academy, where we're showing people how these devices work and educating them more so on, on the technology to try to dispel some of those myths of misinformation. Well, having said that, Tim and I did not get tased on the Citizen Academy. <laughs> <laughs> smart guys, smart guys. <laughs> well, we'll let you try it out sometime. Happy to answer any other questions. I'd like to make a motion if there's no other questions. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, make a motion that we approve the contract with Axum in the amount of $186,377.80 for the new um, taser equipment and authorize the clerk treasurer to make a payment in the amount of $42,068.20 for the 2024 um, payment using the impending encumbered funds. Second. We have a first and a second. Julie, would you mind taking a roll call vote, please? Robert Pope. Four. Tim Roberts. Four. Don Loudon. Four. Steve Eisenbarth. Four. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, moving on, next item, selection of construction manager as constructor for Government Center at Easton Gray. I assume you're speaking to this one, Ryan. Yes, I will handle it. Apologies from David Rainey from Veritas. He had a, a medical issue in his family, so he couldn't make it. Uh, but I think I can handle it. Uh, as you guys are aware, the town is making progress towards the future construction of a new government center at Easton Gray. Uh, we've hired an architect. Uh, we hired the Veritas Group to be an owner's rep. And as the town council previously selected the process of using a construction manager as constructor to actually be our constructor for the project. So uh, we did send out a RFP to uh, about 19 different companies and asked them to provide proposals. Uh, we did receive back five proposals. Uh, we have a, had a selection committee that reviewed those. We have a very diverse selection committee that consisted of uh, two town council members, Greg Zuzan and Don Loudon were on there. Uh, it consisted of uh, Dr. Wyndham from the school corporation and Ann Engelhart as a representative from the school board, as well as Bill Reed from the RDC and Matt Isbell uh, from the EDC. So we kind of had a little bit of everybody from all the different organizations uh, responsible in that building. And then Mike Tully and myself were also part of that process too. So um, the committee reviewed those five proposals and we narrowed that to three and we conducted interviews of those three firms. Uh, we interviewed Garmong, uh, Hagerman and Meyer Nasium. Um, after those interviews, the entire committee rescored all of, all of the companies and uh, the high score came out as Garmong. So it is our recommendation that we select Garmong to serve as our construction manager as constructor. Uh, this 
already went to the redevelopment commission and the redevelopment commission approved it. It does go to the council. And then we also need to go to the school board and we're doing that next Monday uh, for everybody to approve the construction manager as constructor. As far as Garmong, uh, quite frankly, all three firms were really qualified. I think we had a, we're really happy with the selection that we had. Um, and I may let Don or somebody else if they want to speak about the selection, but uh, Garmong's team, all four of their primary people involved in the project were all Hendricks County residents. Uh, I think that was important to the group that whoever was managing this project for us had some some ownership in the project and that they were local and that they had something to do. I think that was a consistent message we heard from them is it's very rare to be able to be involved in a project in your own community. And so the opportunity to do that uh, was really good. Uh, Garmong also just got done building the, the new Hendricks County Jail. That's probably the project that you guys would most be familiar with. Um, they've done work all over the place. They've been in business for a long time. Uh, I won't do justice to their qualifications. So I'd encourage anyone who wants to know more about them to their proposal is online. Um, it is in your packets as well, but uh, I'm happy to answer any questions. I don't know if Don wants to add anything, but it is, is the selection committee's recommendation that we select Garmong as the construction manager as constructor. Um, no, I would uh, just agree with everything that Ryan said. All, all five firms were very qualified. And then again, we narrowed it down to three and then did those interviews. And um, it was important to the group as a consensus that they live in our community. They take pride in our community. They, you know, they're a family owned business. Uh, Mitch is here from representing them. He's fifth generation. I believe he said so over 120 years or 100 years this year, 100 years this year. Um, so, you know, and they have recently done the, the new jail and things. So developments that we were familiar with here in our own community. So um, we felt really confident and um, we're excited about it. Were they the, the on the point system? Were they the best on the pointing? They were the they were the one that scored the highest. Um, it was pretty much a consensus. After that's the great. Interviews. Yeah. So the, there wasn't the numbers weren't all over. It sounds like that's great. That sounds like everyone understood and knew the role of a construction manager. So that's great. Yeah. No. Nope. Any further questions, or would uh, would anyone like to make a motion? Uh, I'll make a motion that we uh, accept the quote. Uh, for Garmon um, to the Avon uh, Civic Center as presented. Uh, to select them as the to, construction To select them as a construction manager. All right, we have a first. Second. Second. We have a first and a second. Julie, would you mind taking a roll call vote, please? Don Loudon. Four. Steve Eisenbart. Four. Tim Roberts. Four. Robert Pope. Four. Uh, next item on the agenda, introduction of Zoning Amendment 23-05, Village Place Townhomes 2. Okay. Thank you. 
Mr. President, members of the council, good evening. My name is Brian Tui. My address is 50 South Meridian. And thanks for uh, hearing an introduction about a proposed rezoning uh, here in Avon. I guess it was lucky that Mr. Zuzan didn't show up since I just had the exact right amount of uh, handouts. Um, lucky day. Uh, here with me is uh, Tony Bogato of uh, Lennar. He's in charge of land acquisitions. Uh, this is a proposal to rezone an 11-acre site that is um, just next to the Costco uh, on 900. The site is currently zoned R2, and we would propose to zone, rezone it to R4 to allow for some uh, townhomes, for sale townhomes, which I'll describe here in a minute. Uh, you might recall that this is just south of the uh, Avon Heights Church of Christ, just east of the Hendricks uh, Regional Health Facility and the YMCA just north of the Costco. And then right next door to it, I understand uh, this parcel right here uh, is slated to be developed as Harvest Landing, which is a retail development. So it's it's kind of an infill site, sort of unusual looking, sort of a L laying on its side. It's just south of Prairie Trail. Here's 900. Of course, Dr. Charles Nelson Drive, uh, Rockville Road is down here. So it's this site right here. We actually, came to this body uh, last year with a different proposal, same type of rezoning, but it was for, it looked like this. So it, this showed 109 townhomes, and what we would propose now is to reduce that by about uh, 29 townhomes. So the what that means in terms of density, that's usually a question, common question that comes up in rezoning cases is, the density on the previous position was about 10 homes per acre, and the density on this petition would be about seven homes, just slightly over seven homes per acre. So what would our petition look like? So this is what we had, and this is what we propose. And the main difference is, in addition to the reduction of 29 townhomes, the main difference is, is this common park and playground area here in the center and some additional parking areas. So this site has about 18% open space, and I believe under your R4 regulations, about 12% is required. So it's, it, it, it proposes more open space than your ordinance um, uh, uh, mandates. Um, the there's only a couple of units that are near the residential properties to the north and, the, and in the other development of the previous proposed plan, we had more uh, homes against the uh, northern border. Um, uh, the other proposed idea here is this would connect to this pedestrian trail over on the west side. And we'd also have a connection here to the Costco. So that harvest landing development would fit right in here and the site plan I've, I've seen, I don't know that it's final, would show an ACE hardware, I think about here, and then a line of shops like so, and a line of shops like so. Um, the proposed, uh, kind of the contrast, the two plans. So here is the proposed plan from 2022, the previous plan. 
This is the plan that we uh, have filed uh, recently with the uh, planning department. This is a, a rendering or a photograph of what similar townhomes would look like. Another rendering of similar townhomes. These townhomes would be between 1,700 and 1,800 square feet approximately. They would be uh, expected to sell somewhere in the low $300,000 plus or minus range, depending on options. They would have three bedrooms and up to two and a half baths. So in summary, what we'd greatly appreciate is uh, any feedback you might have, initial feedback uh, on the rezoning of this 11 acre site with 80 townhomes, three bedrooms, two and a half baths, approximately 1,700 to 1,800 square feet. If approved, there would likely be construction in uh, 2024. There would be no construction, of course, this year. Um, we would expect our first uh, homeowners to uh, occupy their homes sometime in late 2024 or early 2025. Thank you for hearing our presentation and uh, we'll try to answer any questions you might have. Um, we have had people bring development options for this property in front of us on several occasions. And I remember when you guys came before, and I know that at the time we talked about the fact that there is then only the one ingress egress out of the neighborhood and the concern about safety apparatus if that intersection were to be blocked for due to some catastrophe. Um, you know, that's still, I can see you have two ins and outs, but they're both in the same location. So, I mean, you kind of have a divided entrance. Actually, we have, yes, we have one, let me get a better diagram up here yeah so we have you're right we have the divided entrance up here at the on 900 and then we would have another entrance in and out right here so Through, costco's giving you entrance or that's a walking trail that would be a, a driving it'd be a car yeah we have an email from costco saying that they would cooperate with us in allowing us to cut across their parking lot now, I haven't written it yet, but but we have an email from them. I like I like this um, design better. I like the lower number, and I like the green area, the green space. Running with the rezone doesn't change the requirements. It doesn't necessarily change the requirements. It does change. Doesn't necessarily change the requirements, but it does change what what the council could ask for. It does become discretionary. I'll comment um, kind of what piggyback on yours, Don, is that uh, taking the 29 townhomes out and making that park, what that does is it softens that area quite a bit uh, because of the industrial and with the intense use with the Costco. Uh, it's nice to have that um, softer use uh, on site there and then buffered by the uh, townhouses. Now, I do have a question, though, uh, buffering with the, the church. Do you have any, any feedback uh, uh, as far as uh, early comments from them? Or, or you mentioned only the few residents on the northwest. But have you heard some feedback about uh, acceptable buffering? We have not, but I intend to run this past the church. There's about 25 to 40 feet separating the 
facts of that area back here as it you know as it widens out between us and in the church parking lot mm -hmm. so i am going to run it by the church okay otherwise i i think it's a it's a good improvement and for the land use i mean personally i i think it's it's good for the land use right there for that area are your roads internally going to be public roads or private roads I believe there'll be public roads. I, I think the planners would rather us to do that. And including the stub into the Costco parking lot? Hmm. Uh, I hadn't thought of that. I mean, the, if with this driveway here, they would have access into that parking lot. Maybe you're thinking about here. Hmm. Would you think that would be a walking stub or would that be, would you want car traffic coming in? No, I'm, I'm talking about your current one that you just said would be your second ingress egress that would connect with the Costco parking lot. Yes, yeah. we do. Would that be a Lennar has it. Would that be a public oh. road because it's stubbing into a parking lot? That probably would not be public right there. That'd probably be private. In fact, I'm sure that would be right because it wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't have a house fronting on it. So it, it would be a private. And the parking lot's not a road. So it would just be a road that dead That's, right. That's why I'm asking. I, yes. It'd be emergency kind of use only. I mean, it, it, I say only, but primarily. Mm -hmm. I got a couple of questions. So you, you kind of got, generic playground equipment here what's what's the plan for that area is it just green space is it just a couple pieces of equipment what are you what's what's your intention I, I think we'd probably be directed by Avon whatever our your parks folks thought or whatever the planners thought uh, we, we'd be open to your suggestions about that okay. I don't think we don't have a set plan but whatever the town thought I I think we'd be amenable to um, you're asking for feedback, so the, yes. I, I do know that the spirit of our, our intent, the spirit of us um, creating our UDO and, and increasing density was to um, apply additional amenities. Um, I, I would, I'd like to see that not just be just a plop down piece of equipment, but something invested into to um, really, really uh, upscale this development. Okay. Um, and then the other one, um, Quite a few number of homes. What's um, what's the traffic impact going to be, or, or have you conducted a traffic study yet? I haven't, but I suspect we'd somebody here would ask us for one, and so we will do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and get with uh, on the traffic study. Get with Ryan as far as how the use of the connection with Costco would be. You know, what percent would be assumed to go to that? Uh, I would hope that would be a very low percent. I, th I can't imagine well, it would a, be very high. People are going to be driving through the, yeah. If it's a private road. What's that, Steve? Yeah. I, I think initially a, a year ago, there was even some feedback about whether we'd consider uh, using one of those knock systems on that road mm -hmm. to limit it to emergency access vehicles. I, I, I think we'd be amenable to that if, the, if that was the town's desire. Mm -hmm. 
Any further questions for the developer or staff? All right. Th thank, thank you. Thank uh, you very much for your time this evening. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Brian. Please let the record show zoning amendment 23-05 is introduced. Uh, moving on, ordinance, final adoption of ordinance 2023-19, uh, our 2024 budget form for adoption. Yay. Um, <laughs> That's the introduction. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, as you guys are aware, we've had this on our agenda for, I think this is maybe the fourth meeting. We've kind of introduced it, introduced it over the last few meetings. Um, we did hold our public hearing at, at your guys' last meeting in September. And so we fulfilled all the obligations uh, up to this point. I know there was one proposal that was thrown out at the end of the last town council meeting. And I the feedback I received was not in support of that. So there have been no changes to the budget from uh, what I presented last time. So uh, I, I think the only change I'll point out to you guys, and I, I don't know that it will matter to anybody, but I changed the, the order of the levy appeal and what we would the delete the priority order. And I just changed the other category, which we didn't really identify. I felt like those things were more important than a couple of those other things that were on the list. So. I moved that other since we hadn't identified it. So the first thing we would add would be the additional police officer. The second thing we would add would be the other. The third then I believe was the lobbyist. Then the fourth was the parks employees. And the fifth was then the youth assistance program if we're able to do it. So uh, we did get that levy appeal filed. Uh, Julie got it submitted today and financial solutions group got it submitted and she did respond relatively quickly and said they'd get looking at it right away and get back to us. So hopefully the sooner we hear that news uh, the better. We're happy to answer any questions. Julie and I are excited and hopeful that we are recommending. Can I speak for us, Julie? We are recommending that they that you guys approve the budget as presented. Yeah, I, I have. I, I agree with you. I think it's fine, and, and even the ranking that you had at the end, I would agree with that too. So, and yeah, I didn't want to change anything from our last meeting. The only comment I'd like to make, I made it last time, I just want to reiterate, this process can be quite painful. And this is, I think, the third year in a row. Um, not That's very much not the case. So appreciate your hard work, your and your staff's hard work, uh, and even Julie. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate you, genuinely. You, you guys all did a great job. Yes. No, I will say a lot of this, a lot of the kudos needs to go to Ryan. He works really hard um, to get a lot of this together. He and I work together with uh, Greg from uh, FSG. And this is like right, you said, the third year in a row, we've presented the council with a balanced budget from the get-go. And a lot of that has to do with Ryan and all his hard work. She's giving you it all, Ryan. Take it. It's not it even up. his review time. <laughs> If there aren't any further questions, would anyone like to make a motion? I'd like to make a motion that we accept the budget as presented. I'll second. We have a first and a second. Any further discussion? Julie, would you mind taking a roll call vote, please? Tim Roberts? Four. Robert Pope? Four. Steve Eisenbarth? Four. Don Loudon? Four. There you go, Julie. Thank you. Next item, legal counsel report. Mr. Taylor. Excellent. Uh, next item, our second of two public comment opportunities. Uh, if you'd like to speak, if you'd like to speak, please come forward to the microphone, state your name and address, and please limit your time to three minutes. 
not necessarily a resident of the town, but on behalf of the police department, I just want to tell you thank you. This council, the leadership with Ryan, the partnership with Julie and Dan's office and everybody here, when you've passed a budget tonight, which includes investing in public safety, when you took the motions tonight to include the taser upgrades, that sends a very clear message to us of support. And you may not get emails from 40 plus people over at the PD, but I assure you it means more to us than what you'll ever know, that you guys are supportive and making sure that we're safe, that we're protected, and by investing in those individuals to join our department, that means a lot to me personally. So thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Um, I do have one thing. I just wanna make sure we do uh, plug the drone show coming up here in Veterans Day. So. Let me close the public comment. Oh. Let, let's close that section of public comment. Move on to council comment. Oh, council comment. Uh, uh, sorry there. Uh, yes, I just want to say that the drone, this drone show that we've mentioned just briefly, if anyone's listening, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. There's going to be, uh, um, how many drones is it? 150. 150 drones flying over the park behind us here. And they will be putting, they have lights and they go in different shapes. And it's going to be with the theme of uh, honoring our veterans. So it's, it's a great opportunity to come on out. And uh, uh, so it's coming up here in just another month, uh, but very good to do. And it never hurts to mention it now. That's all. And see everybody at Harvest, uh, Harvest Moon this weekend. Thanks for that reminder. Seeing no one else uh, next uh, council calendar, Ryan. Well, you guys stole all my thunder, but that's okay. Harvest Moon, Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. Please come join us at the park. It'll be a great, great event. Uh, you do have council meeting on October 19th at 7 p.m. If I haven't told you guys already, I will not be at that meeting. So I apologize for missing. It is fall break. So I'm out with my family. Yay for me. Sorry for you guys. Um, October 31st, uh, as you remember, uh, trick-or-treating, 6 to 9 p.m. Also here at the Town Hall Park. And then Steve got the Veterans Day drone show too on November 11th. Hope everybody can join us. One last thing, um, October 19th, I will not be able to be here. I'll be out of town. So. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks for sharing. Yep. Meeting adjourned, everyone. <laughs>